welcome to the GNT Show. All right, welcome everyone to another GNT Show. This week we are talking about week one of the NRL. It's back, baby, it's back. Um, and once again, I am joined by my host with the most, a man who this week has launched, or actually is at the end of one of the greatest campaigns to sell real estate in the middle of a flood event, G. How are you going? I'd like to say it's been successful, but I think I'd be, I should have sold a few dinghies out the front and just, you know, I know I'm making fun, but um, to all the people who have lost homes and everyone struggling with the floods, I hope it all subsides soon and good luck to all of you and hope it works out well. It's been um, a horrendous uh, month. Gee, one of the things I was thinking about is given long-time listeners of this show will know that you have the world's most catastrophic technology set up in your house. Yes. Um, have you, when, when people have walked through, have you told the agent that the Wi-Fi being poor reception is due to the rain? Yeah, I think that's one of the, um, you know how usually you've got to try and con people <laughs> into buying point? real estate? Yeah, that's a selling point. There is no Wi-Fi you need. Even though there's a home office, you need to be outside on the main road to take phone no, calls. No, no, no. The way, the way you've got to sell it is it's a, home, it's, it's a home away from home. It's a retreat. Okay. You're in the wrong industry, yeah. I'll tell you. You could, <laughs> sell, you could sell the NRL to Americans. Oh, God. I'm, I'm actually, actually, I am recording this from Orlando, Florida. Yep. Uh, and and you are in the middle of the night there, so it's it's very early in the morning my time and very late at night G time. So uh, we are working through this. Now we are going to try and keep this pod under six hours G this week. Given we'll go it's a, for five. We'll relatively, go for five. <laughs> let's see how we go. Let's yes. see how we go. Um, tune in for the G and T day. I think <laughs> yes. we're going to call it every week. <laughs> yes. Just just us for twenty four hours straight, just talking about the footy. All right, shall we start with this week's news before we get on to the games? Because yes. there, was, there, was, there was a few surprises in the teams named overnight. Yes, there was. But, yep. But first up, um, Sam Burgess was, of course, cleared by the NRL. Uh, he was fined he was. 30K for threatening Billy Smith. He then, uh, he didn't get, he, <laughs> he, got, he got fined 30K for threatening Billy Smith but was let off all the other charges. Now, Phoebe Burgess, his ex-wife, has come out and absolutely slammed the NRL about it. And uh, there's there's another story as well. What did you think of the Sam Burgess? And Sam Burgess came out with a puff piece saying he wanted to coach in the NRL. On the field, I like Sam Burgess, but uh, let's just say he's one of the favoured sons, I think, of the NRL. And you can see sometimes the differences in terms of how he's been dealt with in comparison to a few um, other players or players that don't appear to have as many friends I just around think, the game. I just think the, the inconsistency of the decision-making yes. at the NRL is just, it's just, it's, I mean, we say this every week and every pod, but but I don't know how this survives as a, <laughs> as a major sport. I mean, it's just, but but every week there's a drug scandal or a female safety issue and, and it's just the, the fines aren't consistent, the punishments aren't consistent. Some people are let off, some people are not, some people... Have their contracts like like torn and, up? And yes, others, there's always there's all, get yeah, coaching there's, gigs. It's there's always uh, something underneath the surface that you you if you scratch you can um you understand their reasoning for it, but you know there's just no consistency to it at all. In this instance, I'm kind of a little bit of okay, great. You know, people things happen, people move on. But in terms of if it wasn't Sam Burgess, say this was 
one of our favourite, I guess, targets. Uh, and, and we we poke fun at it. But say it was Corey Norman, I don't think this would be the situation. I think that would be fair. You know, so... In fairness to, in fairness to Corey, though, he'd be unable to deny the charges because his wallet would be left at the scene. <laughs> Correct, it would be. So, so, so. Corey Norman, uh, that's not me. It looks exactly like you. Someone stole my identity. What about the CCTV footage? It was doctored. And your car and your wallet. It was the ra- ra- Russian. And the fact that we found you on the premises. Yes. It was my doppelganger. Yeah, of course. That's what I think about that. The next story that I wanted to cover off was, mm. um, I don't know whether you read it, the Dane Cordner Jacob Siafidi no, incident in the paper. Know. Oh, it's good that I was able to keep track of the NRL news <laughs> from, from America. America. Yes. <laughs> it's good that... It's good that you were all over it this week, G. Isn't this wasn't it? Didn't this happen last year? Where, yes, but he actually yes. won the. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, let me fill yes. you in. Let me fill you in. Given it was in all the Sunday papers, and yes. you clearly did not have read lost the, the ability to read. Yes. Yeah, correct. I mean, it, it has been very wet, and I know how you don't like a soggy paper. But they've got a thing called the interweb now. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So the. <laughs> Dane Cordner won his trial against Jacob Saifidi. It was both a criminal and civil case. He was found, he, all the, he, he basically was, was exonerated and won all charges, both criminally and civilly. So civilly, it means Jacob Saifidi had to pay an amount to Dane Cordner. It was not released how much that was. Yep. But he's also saying, he's also now saying, given he's won beyond any, you know, beyond all reasonable doubt and beyond all probabilities in terms of the court system, he's saying, well, why isn't the NRL doing anything about this? Good question. Good question. Good question, Dane Cordner. Like we just talked about, it's it's it seems different strokes. This, this all posts, happened. Doesn't it? This all happened in the same week. Now I've deliberately done it that way just to show you the. I'm not I'm not defending Sam Burgess. I, I don't think he should be an NRL coach unless he can teach people how to hit, run up so bravely that he can fracture his cheekbone. I don't know that that can be taught though. So, but but it just goes to show Jacob Saifidi has actually been proven guilty through both a criminal and yeah. civil court case. Yeah. And and nothing has come from it from the NRL. I mean, if he threatened if he threatened Billy Smith though, he would have had the book thrown at him. Right. So um, Billy Smith plays for the Roosters. So you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I know I'm joking. But you're not, you're not allowed to make Roosters jokes. You are not allowed to make am. Roosters. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It just smacks of the hypocrisy and the inconsistency, right? It, it's so much. It's so dependent on who the player is, or whatever part of their career they're in, or if they've got you know a lot of backup within the NRL and the sort of the network that seems to operate within. The, I, I just think the inconsistency is crazy, and you're dealing with people's careers and things, right? Like it's not like you're suspending them for a day, you know, a week or so. There's pretty harsh punishment sometimes dealt out, and other times there isn't. I mean, it's just. I don't know. And part of it is also the media um, clamour for punishment. If the media clamours long enough and loud enough, the NRL will act on whatever player, regardless of how minor the indiscretion is. And if they kind of don't say anything, you know, they sort of seem to, I wouldn't say brush it under the carpet, but just sort of move on. I don't think it's the media clamour. I think if anyone emails Peter Volandis personally. (laughs) Of course it is. The media's been our social media has been asking me to act. It's like one email. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, I have from 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 G. In the past, people have been fined a hundred thousand dollars because the media's been in uproar about what is an absolutely minor indiscretion, and in comparison, to some of this stuff. And like Dane Cordner said, some of it just you mean you mean like Coffs Harbour and 
salary cap scandals. No, I mean, like, I still feel sorry for the whole Marcelo Montoya thing. You know, the guy was a fringe first grade and got fined like 50 grand for basically vomiting at an end of year, you know, because it was in the media. And isn't about a Bulldogs thing. I just thought, God, you that's a harsh you punishment. If, yeah, yeah, yes, it, yes, it is a Bulldogs thing. You won't. You won't have to worry about it anymore, given you've got Phil Gould there. Correct. You'll be the darlings right. of the now league. Now it'll be okay. But, like, I mean, if that happened to any player, I'll be like, why is that such a harsh punishment for something that's so minor? And something like this just, it's like, hey, don't worry. Let's just move on. Let's go to week one. I do <laughs> so love like, how the recesses of your mind goes to pick an analogy and picks 2013-era Bulldogs story. No, this was only a couple of years ago. And I remember there was a big, um, there was a, quite a, a distinct debate and quite different sides taken by News Limited and um, Fairfax or Andrew Webster at the time. That's right. That's just normal. That's just the way our media landscape is. So in, in unsurprising news, in unsurprising mm. news, the NRL women's was a massive ratings winner. Doubled the AFL women's ratings on Fox, which is which I've been bleeding on about this for two years. Very, this is where the growth's going to come from. Very impressive. This is where the growth's going to come from. Yeah. And Peter Volandis was interviewed about this, and I love his response. I do love the man. He is my grandfather. The the man, they go. He goes. It's unsurprising. It's a much better sport than the AFL women's. <laughs> that is Peter Volandis all up. And he goes. He goes. That's not just a female thing. The men's rugby league's much better than the AFL men's too. Great. Okay. So why, Peter, is it that the AFL seems to get more money and better deals than the NRL from the TV networks? Oh, God. So, but, but, but it's good for the sport. They, they, they're now talking about expanding the teams from six to eight, which they should do. And they should try and get, despite what Paul Kent says, we should try and get these players as competitive as possible and stood up, oh, not competitive as possible, professional as possible, and try and get a professional comp up and running so that these girls can be paid. So they've, they've really got to, they've really got to, the, the growth, this is where the growth's going to come from. It ain't going to come from Adelaide Rams fans. It won't. But look, I agree with that. And I hope that the women get paid a, a suitable wage. And I hope they don't become too professional because the way the women play football is a little bit old school in terms of the skill. They throw the ball they around. They throw the ball around. They try to play good football. In fact, I, don't, I would love that to stay the same. And not become so methodical and mechanical as some of the NRL games that the men play. But with professionalism, it will go it that will. way. It obviously will. But I the know. body shapes are different too. So, Correct. So, but, but, but fantastic. It's fantastic it's good. news. It's good for news. Great news. Now, the NRL also cancelled its official season launch. G's looking at me like I didn't. No, I didn't know any of these stories. Oh, I but, did know that uh, one. I mean, yes. Th- well, you knew one story. And, and they, they then donated the considerable amount of $500,000 to the charity. Now, this is an organisation that Queensland has saved them. Yes. At, at least once over the last couple of years. Based in New South Wales and Queensland, it made a 40 or $50 million profit last year. Yep. Correct. I just think the NRL could do more for the floods. Now that the footy started, they could make round one, you know, free for all flood. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along, but but I just think more than money, there could have been a bit more of an effort made to, you know, like when the droughts happen, then this is the exact opposite of droughts. You know, there's there's flood, there's drought relief rounds and all that sort of raising money and all that sort of stuff. I just think we could have done a bit of that. And I think 500 grand for a launch is extraordinary money. Yeah, I was actually I was surprised for how much it was. For a 4 or 500 for a 4 or 5 hour event and I hope they didn't spend that 500 grand. I know and I know that, and I know they didn't on the unreal ad for 2022, which I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't actually surprisingly. I honestly uh, Oh, it's seen it's it. you know it's it's even made all the way to Orlando, you know. I yeah, I know. I actually surprisingly haven't seen it. Usually well, I you, get you, those you, ads all the time. You don't have you don't have TV reception. 
now in the rains? No, I probably don't actually. It's a technology retreat. It is. A t- <laughs> <laughs> D- detox, technology detox. Yeah, I'm on a retreat at home, so I'm ho- I'm hoping they do have some <laughs> for like the a, last a six relief, years. Yeah, for a relief round. A few, you know, months into the season to try and raise some extra money. That'd be great. Hasn't the horse bolted? Yes and no. It kind of has, but it still, after a few weeks, you know, I think it'll be good to at least have something else that's coming down the pipeline as well, if they've got an opportunity to do so. Right. Okay. Thanks for the hard-hitting analysis there. What about the the NRL ad? Anything to say there? I God, just... you really are sleepy. It really is late at night. I'm having to drag you out Stop of this conversation. these ads a few years ago for some reason because I'd hear about the ads I'd watch did it you think, think did you whatever. think did you think maybe you should watch it just because you know you host the pod I'm just more gung-ho about the season kickoff rather than the ad the ads like you know what I'm still love the Tina Turner ads nothing's going to compare to that okay well guys uh, if you're still with us see Marty Marty Bella in the north in the north singlet sweating everywhere every single story we've done G has missed in the newspapers so, so we've we've we, I'd like to apologise on G's behalf. This is the T plus half show tonight. I don't, I don't do the ads. I, I skip ads. You don't ads. do the ads? Yeah, it's okay. like YouTube's okay. like, do you want to skip ads? NRL, skip ad. <laughs> okay. Straight on. But I could tell you how, uh, so, many, how many moustache hairs Brett Kenny had in 1988. As long as that's all you're telling us about Brett Kenny, that'll be good. So <laughs> did you hear the story about Adam Doyle? No. What happened? Well, what a surprise that you hadn't. <laughs> I can't believe you're in Orlando keeping up with the gossip. Yeah, go keep on going. I can't believe you're I do this. So we host we host an NRL You've show. You've overseas with no NRL coverage, and you're like, "Gee, this is what happened." And I'm like, "Really? Oh my god, <laughs> unbelievable!" I need to I need to check the gossip pages more. Go. It's not the gossip pages. It's 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 uh you know you just gotta you know Daily Telegraph, Sydney Morning Herald, you know, that's it. No, I've just read so a Adam couple Doyle. of puff pieces from the NRL talking about the rise of the Bulldogs and now everyone's complaining that the salary cap's oh, being cheated. Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course the salary <laughs> cap's being cheated. I'm like, is this news, really? Well, it's because, anyway. of the, it's because you know, the, the Daily Telly came out with that story about rating each squad based Correct. on their market value as yes. opposed to what contract they're on, yeah? Yes. Not unsurprisingly, the Roosters came up on top. Yeah, I mean, you know. So... But I mean, the th- and the, and the same article said third party payments have come back, and uh, don't quote me on the figures, but from four point two to about one point five as the marquee players have retired. So there's not as many third party deals registered across the league as you would think. Wow. Okay, that is interesting, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, that, that did you catch that bit of the news? Yeah, I did, but I don't. I, I sort of am a little bit more skeptical about some of that stuff. I guess I, I have a healthy right, dose right. of cynicism when it comes to the salary cap for every club. But did you did you read the bit about the third party agreements? Uh, no. no, I didn't, no. So Adam Doyle, yes, who worked at uh, Pacific Sports uh, Management with the Oars, he was a player agent. He's, repl- he's replaced Alex McKinnon at the Knights as the head of recruitment and development. Now, is why this was wow. interesting is this, this is this is very common in the NBA where player agents make the move yes, from correct. player agency to general managers within clubs. And we're now seeing a similar type of... It'll be interesting to see whether that's a one-off. The Knights have been very, very progressive in this space, with the appointment of Alex McKinnon and now Adam yep. Doyle. Yep. Um, I don't think it's a conflict of interest because he's let go of his role at Pacific Sports Management, but being a player agent, I suspect, would help in recruitment and development. It would have to help because, I mean, he's still going to have his, his, you know, his relationships. He probably might favour particular agents. I don't think Payne Haas is going to end up at the Knights now. I don't think so, no. That probably you can scratch that one off the list, but... 
but it does help them get ins into probably players or some of the youngsters that some of these agencies carry. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if that sort of influences some of their junior recruitment. Correct. So whether the Oars have a way in for their – that's a way for them to sell – Sell to players, right? Or he so pops up on NRL three hundred and sixty with Braith and Asta. I have, I'm, I haven't watched it. <laughs> uh, I'm not looking forward to Braith on NRL three hundred and sixty. We've covered it off. Yeah, I, I mean, know, not, not, notwithstanding the fact that he's a player agent and he's completely conflicted. Anyway, yes, anyway, all right. Uh, yes. one, one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories. Okay, yes. the Bulldogs and Souths banned sports betting during the week. Did you see this? <laughs> Where did you get the? No, I didn't. Where did you okay, get this? so they've they've banned sports betting. The both clubs have come out and betting sports betting and advertising. Where did I get it? I got it from the. How are you living in Sydney and don't follow any NRL news? Uh, I've been sort of more keeping up to uh, up with the floods and the rain and things like that the last couple of days. So no, but it's been very close, um, close by too. So yeah, Milpera got evacuated. Yeah, yeah, picnic point stuff like that. So that's very close to um, where I live. So the Bulldogs and Souths have banned sports betting and advertising, yeah? So I think I, I think advertising, uh, gambling advertising is a blight on any sport. I don't think it should be allowed. It should go the way of the alcohol advertising and the cigarette, uh, not the alcohol, the cigarette advertising. And I went to applaud the Bulldogs on this and I wanted to applaud Souths on it. And then There's I thought a little bit more about it. Catchy, yeah, go. No, no, yeah, well, I'll tell you what the catch is. They have Arthur Laundy. As their major sponsor. That's not relevant. Who's a hotelier yes. that that has poker machines in his clubs, yeah? But no one has. And Arthur, Arthur came out, other than other than recruiting Matt Burton, Arthur also came out and said, um, you know, I'll support the Bulldogs through thick and thin. And then and then I did a bit more digging on the Bulldogs. <laughs> and it's the most it gets the most funding from its leagues club than any other club Correct. in the comp. That's right. That's been that way for a long time. Which time. is which is driven which is driven by um, food revenue, apparently. <laughs> it's got a great Chinese restaurant. It's a great Chinese restaurant. <laughs> it's, it's driven by the poker machines. Totally. And then Absolutely. I went, then I turned to South, and then I turned to South, and I went, oh, this is, maybe Souths are a bit cleaner than the Bulldogs. And then I remembered their major sponsor is Crown Casino. So, <laughs> what, what, what exactly are they banning? Sorry, could you explain to me? Know. What are they, sorry, I just, Slow it down for me. I don't do it for the dummies like me first. Yeah. So what exactly? We're we're coming out in a stand against sports gambling and advertising gambling, but it doesn't count for all these two hundred and thirty-seven deals that we've already done. Correct. That's right. It's as of tomorrow. It's as of tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's 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 an extraordinary story. That actually is um <clears throat> darkly humorous. I have to say that that story. It is. Shouldn't laugh, but I mean, especially the Bulldogs have been traditionally lower socioeconomic area and it's got, well, traditionally had one of the highest poker machine revenues. Oh, it probably still does. I mean, given that it's getting, it's, some years it's gotten up to up to six million bucks from the league's club. Yeah, and I, I know why I'm a football club member. The reason is that's quite deliberate the why it's done that way. So that. Well, it's done that way because the Chinese restaurant, the profits the, from the, the Chinese profits. restaurant have to be. <laughs> Yes, it's such a popular restaurant that the profits have to be put in somewhere so they go to the football correct, club. Correct, correct. They're reinvesting it back into the football club and the community. Yeah, that's a constitution right. thing, actually. So um, The Chinese restaurant is? No, that, so that's all profits from added. the Chinese. <laughs> wangs. Wangs. Is it in the constitution, Wangs, under the Wangs clause? I think yeah. it's called Dynasty Chinese Restaurant. Yeah, okay. The NRL has appointed Leading Silk, 
Brett Walker uh, to investigate the New South Wales Rugby League board election. Now, Brett Walker defended Cardinal Bell and um, he's now investigating the board election. But then the New South Wales Rugby League came out with a... Have you followed this news? No, I haven't actually even heard about this. Okay. It's, oh, it's good that you... I mean, at this point, why don't we just get a dipping bird in to do this show? <laughs> I think at this stage we are. Let's just move on to the game, shall we? <laughs> but, the, but the New South Wales Rugby League released... I love this story Hearing too. Hearing about this stuff, because I'm like, what the fuck? How did this happen? <laughs> the New South Wales Rugby League... Yeah, it came out with a press release. So they've appointed a, 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 a SILK, a senior counsel, right? Really senior person in judiciary. But then the New South Wales Rugby League came out with a um, <laughs> with a press release going, actually, the Australian Rugby League Commission has no jurisdiction over the New South Wales Rugby League and especially board elections. <laughs> so so it'd be like me saying, knocking on the door of the NRL and going, I want to investigate your commission elections. Great. It's just, do you think someone at the NRL, Andrew Abdo, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you've got a lawyer on staff. Perhaps prior to announcing the investigation and appointing the, the judge to oversee the investigation, perhaps you should check whether you've actually got jurisdiction over, <laughs> over. I don't know. It doesn't seem like too far a stretch to just run it past your legal team and just go, hey, I'm thinking of doing an investigation. What do you guys think about this? And the lawyer looks at it and goes, oh, yeah, 24 hours later and goes, oh, I wouldn't make that announcement because um, you've got no jurisdiction over this. <laughs> this rugby explains league. exactly why Peter Volandis, the dream team of Volandis and Abdo, is great for rugby league and also bad for rugby league at the same time. It's, but God, they give just, us some great content. It's awesome. It's just... And, and the well, well, the way that ARL is now going to try and do it is they were going to inject forty million into the New South Wales Rugby League, on top of the twenty million they get annually. Right, they were going to mm. give them forty million this yep. year for grassroots conditionally. Now it's obviously going to be made conditionally yes. on this investigation. Yep, and actually the clubs are in the background lobbying for them not to be given the forty million, and the clubs be given the forty million to invest in grassroots. Uh, it's now we've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. And I actually think this is a big story. We started out on a joking note. This is about what do you want to be as a sport? We have fine traditions in this sport going back to England, right? And football codes yeah. in England, in the 1890s. Yeah. And it connects, it connects from grassroots. It's the problem with soccer at the moment because the A-League doesn't connect. The grassroots connects all the way up to rugby, to, it does. to the NRL. Absolutely. Yeah. We are just going to let the clubs do it. We're going to head the way down at the NFL. I agree with you. The yes. clubs have shown 130, oh, well, 112, 115 years of of self-interest. Yeah. And actually, other than a couple of exceptions, not a great track record in grassroots development. What do you want to be as a club? If you don't want, if you don't want to have grassroots, if you don't want to have kids coming through, give the money to the clubs, and they will focus on the elite junior pathways. Yes. But we won't have a community sport. Correct. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly what happens in the NFL. Now, we may, and actually, even that doesn't happen in the NFL because the uni- the colleges do all the, the the development. Now, what do we want to be as a sport? I think this is a really bad sign for rugby league, in my opinion, and just goes to show the the uh, we've got to have people who understand footy and the long term effects. Like we we are so far removed from Ken Arthurs and and. I was going to say Dan Quayle, John Quayle. Yeah. Now it's not you know like they were they, they if you, I don't know if you've read Ken Arthurson's book. A lifetime ago. Well, not only that, I mean they they their whole they they incorporated the commission in eighty three. 
you know, they had the, the Winfield Cup and the Tina Turner campaign and all that sort of stuff. But all of that, all of that was done with the clubs being dragged, kicking and screaming. They didn't want to spend the money on Tina Turner. They wanted to invest it in the clubs. They didn't want to incorporate the league and keep going with the Sydney-based competition. So the clubs have a very long history of being very myopic. And if you give them the $40 million and that's the way we're going to go, we, that is not a path to growing the game. I totally agree, mate. The, like, you look at even just around all the 80s of Super League stuff, you look at the behaviour of some of the clubs. A lot of the time, the fans were superfluous. It was all about what we think is the best for the club, but without really worrying about fans, juniors, nothing. It was just like whatever was the flavour of the you know the year or whatever. They As much as we love our teams and the clubs, they, they're going to, like you say, put it into their own junior pathway specifically to help their own club. It's not going to be a wider commun- rugby league community project, for example. So I, I don't think... I would hope that that's not the way to go because it needs to be broadened. The whole community needs to be brought back into the game. You know, like, oh, I do I think agree. we've I lost agree. a lot of that. I really do. I agree with that. I agree with that. Now, I'm not going to cover the coaches' survey no, don't that Michael Karanianis ran, and I'm not going to cover uh, Souths and Latrell with getting into a push and shove with Jacob Host at um, training. This oh, stuff happens at training stuff. all the time. All the time both, yeah. both are non-stories. Both are non-stories, right? I don't, I don't think there was anything in either of them. Um, but one story that I think you will be interested in, the NRL couldn't get the judiciary changes in for round one. So they're just going to make it on round three or a magic round like they did mid-season, last season? Mid-season. 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 Right. Oh, so magic round is exactly what occurred to me as well. <laughs> oh, this, this has got all the hallmarks of a clampdown coming around magic round. Awesome. I don't mind. If I, we're there and people are getting sent off every 20 minutes and getting sent to the Symbian, I'm all for it. It was great drama. Ridiculous, but great drama. Affect the on-field play. It's the off-field judiciary stuff. Oh, God. Far out. I love it. We can't bring it in for week one, so we'll do it in week 12. Like, well, I mean, again, already... I don't know who's looking after the football. How about how about this as an idea? You didn't make it for week one. That's okay. These things are complex. And I actually like the judiciary process, despite all the bleeding from the coaches. Yep. Uh, up until the last three months. I mean, the inconsistent, the, the, the discretionary decisions being made by head office are ridiculous. But anyway... You know, like like people being able to concurrently serve suspensions and all that sort yeah, of stuff is ridiculous. But that's not that's not the judiciary, that's not the process. That's someone at head office making that decision, right? So, so, but um, you know, I I get it. You didn't make it for round one, but you know what? Do it for t- next year. Exactly. I was going to say what you're halfway through the season. You change the rules so that the season's kind of impacted. NRL all over. Fantastic. So you want we'll move on to week one. Round one. Let's move on to let's move on to week one. So we'll get through this. Well, yeah, we will. We'll get through this pretty pretty quickly. Round one kicks off Thursday, March tenth at Bluebet Stadium. The Panthers versus Manly. What a cracking first game! Now, last weekend the Panthers were a dollar fifty eight and Manly were two dollars thirty five. Okay, before the teams were named. Okay, so Penrith Penrith were the favourites. Correct. Yeah. Now Penrith are the because Manly's got a host of injuries, right? Yes, as well. But Nathan Cleary's so, out. So and Nathan Cleary's out, and that has moved the line from the Panthers have gone from a dollar fifty eight to a dollar ninety five. Yep. And the Sea Eagles have come in from two dollars thirty five to a dollar eighty five. Yep. Well, the, the pretty much. I mean, look to be honest, the Sea Eagles have named a pretty full strength side, 
Um, I think there's a few few players that were named that weren't expected, like Olokuatu, who I, I think... Yeah, Olokuatu you know, I thought would be out. Um, yep, he's been named. I mean, you never know with Des Hasler as well. He's always fiddling around with the teams at the last second. But look, both sides appear to be very relatively close to full strength. The Panthers team looks like what it probably will look like at the end of the year. Um, bar Cleary obviously being out, but you've got Targo's coming in for his debut, so it'll be interesting to see him in a, in a, in a game. And um, Manly looks pretty strong. They're fairly evenly balanced. I think I think this is a hard game to call. I think I'm going to go with Manly. For me, I think Manly's going to win this game. I know it's at Penrith, but I, I think with Cleary being out, hopefully this game's actually going to be held. I don't know um, what's happening with the flood situation out at, um, around the Nepean River and around Penrith, but... I just think Manly's got its key gun players available and Cleary being missing. Uh, Cleary, Cleary's out for three weeks, right? Whilst Penrith are really good, I think there's um, they're going to lack a little bit of polish in attack, I think, as a result. And um, it'll probably take them a little bit to adjust without Cleary. Yeah. So I'm, I'm tipping Manly, but this game really, for me, is a very close call either way. Yeah, too too close to call for me. But but just in terms of team analysis, Holokawatu has made a recovery from an elbow injury to be named. Um, new recruit Ethan Bullimore yeah, joins him in the second the row. Yeah. Josh Schuster's out, obviously with an ankle injury. The, the, by all accounts, the fastest guy at the club, which considering they've got a few fast guys. Tolu Kula has been named to make his yeah. NRL debut off the bench. Um Josh Aloia will miss the season opener. Obviously, he's suspended. So Toa Fofa Sipley comes in and Marty Tapao um, is the other one. He's actually overcome a back injury, so he was meant to be missed. And um, Dylan Walker's not been named. The other thing we need to cover off is Nathan Cleary's been covered by Sean O'Sullivan. We thought he'd play around origin, but clearly um, um, he's got to come in for the first three weeks. Uh, Charlie Staines. um, He's on the wing. Get, like yeah, he gets year. his on the wing with yep. Stephen Crichton shifting back to his native centre role. Um, and Isaac Targo, I think, replaces Matt Burton in the centres. And and Kikau, I hope Kikau's fitter because he's, he's starting and he's going to have to play 50 or 60 minutes. He's that left side where last year Burton was so dangerous and really made inroads sometimes when the attack struggled at times. So I think it's going to take him a couple of weeks to get that right, Penrith. But they, they were opening up with Mandy, who looked quite strong. So do you know that George Tafu is still around? He's been named on the extended bench. Oh, that, that surprised me. I thought he'd disappear, but he's still around. So He's um, still around, George yeah. Tafua. Jorge Tafua. So, and James Romano the guy that we discussed on our one of our opening pods that was on a million dollars a year at the Bulldogs. Is, he's in the extended bench at Manly. So. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, his contract's been downgraded from a yes. million bucks, I, I suspect. Yes, that's right. Now, an- an- another line that's moved. Sorry, guys, I don't have the line this week because I'm not allowed to access Sportsbet from, from the U.S., Geo blocked, and as you can tell by the by the podcast already, I don't I don't look at the lines. No, I don't look at the lines. No, you don't look at the lines. You, you don't read the stuff. stories. So we'll move on to the next game. So you you're tipping Manly too. I am. Th- that's not the next game. Oh, the next game's Raiders and Sharks. So you've got Manly in Manly versus Manly versus Penrith. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No. We're, yeah. So next the next game is at GIO Stadium in Canberra. We've got the Raiders and the Sharks on the Friday night. Um, and again, two teams that. Will be round about what are the odds, G? Similar. I'm not looking at the odds. Okay, so why don't we do this? The next game on the Friday night's Raiders versus the Sharks, as G said. It's GIO Stadium in Canberra. The rate this, this line started out. I'm not as, advertising sports betting, so I'm not doing the odds. Yeah, given given I how pure the Bulldogs are. Correct. Yes. Yeah, this line started at a dollar ninety each, and it has now actually pushed out to the Ra- Raiders being outsiders. 
and the Sharks being favourites. At $1.90 each, I couldn't see how the Sharks weren't favourites. In fact, the Sharks, because I, I, I checked the lines quickly before I jumped on the plane, and it wasn't the Sharks were did have one and a half points, and I just couldn't understand it at all. I don't. I for me, given the situation Canberra's in, I would have. Uh, I think the Sharks are a clear favourite for this one, um, but the Sharks are a dollar eighty five favourite for for the Raiders. Um, Jared Croker will start the year in reserve grade. I don't think that's a surprise. He's come back from this radical surgery. He was really looking like a shadow of his former self before he left, and for quite a while. Um, James Shillier has been named to make his NRL debut in the centres. Nick Kotrick returns on the wing after his failed experiment playing in every other position at the Bulldogs. And Brad Schneider will slot into halfback to replace the J- Jamal Fogarty. He looks right. like he's going to be out for a few months. Yes. Um, Chance Nicol Klockstad has won the race for the number one jersey, and he'll start at fullback. So they're going to ease Xavier Savage uh, back into or into first grade. He's Probably in give New him South a few Wales more, Cup. A few more tasty, a few more games this year. He was he was year. excellent in preseason though. He was. He's he's got a lot of. Um, ex- he's an excitement machine. A new, new recruit Adam Elliott has picked up a spot on the bench, um, and and veteran. He's already a veteran. And he's going to the Eels next year. Josh Hodgson will start at hooker with Tom Starling to come in off the bench. Um, I'm hoping Josh Hodgson has an absolute st- barnstormer of a season because we need him. And Semi Valame comes onto the wing with Jordan Rapana out due to the suspension that he can't serve. I wonder if it, if this week counts as two weeks because it's a proper round. We, we'll review this in round eleven. <laughs> That's correct. Now, for the Sharks, Matt Moylan's won the 5 8 race yeah, with partner Nico Hines. That was that, a shock. Yeah. yeah, I was surprised at that too. Gun Queensland winger Ronaldo Mulatalo has shifted to the centres. Yeah, I found that quite an interesting move. And is Connor Tracy injured? Because I haven't read any reports about him being injured, but he seems to not be part of the squad at all. So my assumption is he's injured. Connor Tracy? Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's still in the squad. He's got he's got a groin injury, you buffet. Oh, Are you watching the games? Yes, I haven't read that anywhere. I've checked the in like he hasn't said anything. Okay, that explains it. That's good. Yeah. He's got groin soreness, yeah? Okay. So he's still good. there. Yeah. So anyway, yep. So a couple of interesting moves there, right? Cameron McInnes was signed to play lock, but after suffering an injury setback, he will actually miss the opening rounds. Fellow new recruit, Dane... Dale Finucane has been named at number 13. That's right. Um, instead of Cam McInnes. Yep. And Toby Rudolph and Brad Braden Ham- Hammond Ueli start up front. Wade Graham is out, unfortunately, due to the ankle injury he picked up in the tri- trial. And Teague Wilton comes in at the second row. Um, Andrew Fafita has picked up a spot on the bench. He's back after an impressive preseason. And so is the main man, Aidan Tolman. So he's on the bench too. I, look, I th- I'm tipping the Sharks. I look at Canberra, and this goes back to what we said earlier. They've got a new halfback there, Brad Schneider. There's James Schiller in the centres, Tomoko. Like, I think they've got, you know, their, their forward pack looks quite strong and mobile. The Raiders, and like we said, they've got a solid bench. I just think the Sharks look a little bit too... I would say potent in the backs. I just think they've got a little bit more attacking them. And to me, the forwards match up quite well um, with the Raiders. And I just think they're going to be a little bit too good, the Sharks. And I think Kynes at, at halfback, you know, allows him to sort of float around the field and play like he sort of did at Melbourne a little bit. And I, I just think um, the Sharks have got a little bit too much razzle-dazzle for the Raiders. Yeah, I agree. I think the Sharks will win. And I didn't give you my... T- I, I agree with you on the first game as well. I do think Manly will win. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the second game on Friday night, which is the Broncos versus South's Blockbuster. It was meant to be Adam Reynolds' 
playing against his old club. That's what, that was why it was scheduled for round one. Adam Reynolds, of course, along with Tyson Gamble, are both unavailable due to COVID protocols, as are Corey Pay and Kobe Hetherington. Um, so the halves combination is... Uh, unsurprisingly, Billy Walters and Albert Kelly. Now, there was a lot of reports during the week, and I know you didn't read them because, you know, you don't have any any connection <laughs> to the outside world. Um, uh, there were reports that Corey Oates would miss out on selection, but he is in the starting side with young gun Selwyn Kobo snatching the other wing spot. Thomas Flegler and one-game rookie Brendan Piakura won't play in round one due to suspensions. Correct, yeah. And Keenan Palacia comes in at prop for Flegler. Uh, and new recruit Ryan James is actually named on the bench. So for, for Souths, they've got the post-Adam Reynolds world kicks off with Lachlan Ilias to play alongside Cody Walker. Blake Taff steps into the number one jersey with Latrell Mitchell out suspended. But um, again, his suspension will come in due to the, due to the All-Stars yes. game. Um, and Jackson Paulo will fill the void left by Dane Gagai in the centres. Uh, and Tane Milne also comes onto the wing. Um, Cam Murray has been named. He has, yes. Yeah, so he, he, he actually went through the same off-season shoulder surgery that Nathan Cleary did. Yeah. Um, and you, and so that's big big in for Souths. And new recruits, Havili and Cheekam have also Michael picked up Chee-Cam spots on the bench. The best. Uh, they hope, uh, uh, with a bit of luck, they've... Um, they've they've got him there as a second rower, actually, because uh, I think he's too big he to is. play. He's a better rower. Now, the Broncos are $3.75 outsiders and the Rabbitohs are $1.28. I don't propose we spend much time on this game because I can't see a path to South to the Broncos winning. I think they'll be competitive. I think they'll be competitive. I was because, going to say, I but, think they'll be competitive. Because they were competitive against Para first up. Yes. So they'll, they'll, be there, they'll be there till the 60-minute mark, and then I think South will run yeah, over. Yeah, and to be honest, mate, like their, their team now, I know they, oh, they're quite young in the forwards, but they've got Payne Hart. But some of their forwards now, the Payne Hart, and they've got Kurt Capewell to give them a, a, a little bit of that um, experience. But they've got too many injuries. I don't think they can beat South without Adam Reynolds. They'll be competitive. Um, a lot of their players now are kind of veteran first graders, but... I think South with Cody Walker and still that left-hand attack with Alex Johnson, I don't think the Broncos defensively are going to be able to match that. And South's forward pack is pretty much at full strength, and it's quite strong. Totola, Nichols, Cook, Kalamatangi, Arrow, and Murray. That's a pretty strong forward pack that'll match anything um, the Broncos have got. And I just think the Cody Walker magic and combos with Johnson, Paulo, Graham, and Tafe. It will just be a little bit too good for the Broncos, but I expect it to be quite a competitive game, but Souths will win. I agree. I agree. I think Souths will win it. All right, let's move on to Super Saturday, which is, again, not so super. Um, first up is the Roosters versus the Knights. I think this will be a decent game. Uh, the Roosters yeah. have come in to even further favouritism from $1.24 to $1.20, and the Knights have blown out from $3.95 to $4.50 after the teams were named. Uh, in terms of the team selection, uh, this is being played at the SCG at 3pm on Saturday. Um Superstar half Luke Keary has been named in the halves. He has been. Uh, yes, he did get. He, he, he did pick up a small injury in preseason, uh, but he's back uh, after he suffered his ACL last last year. Um, as we mentioned in the pre preseason pod, new recruit Paul Momorowski has made his annual switch back to the Roosters and been named on the wing to replace Brett Morris, who's retired. Um, Billy Smith has overcome his shocking verbal abuse at the hands of Sam. Burgess, and he's been named on the wing to replace the other... Yeah, Josh The other Morris. The other Morris, yeah. Sa- Sam Verrills is out suspended, so Connor Watson will play hooker. This is what Connor Watson can do uh, with Drew Hutchinson coming onto the bench and Lindsay Collins returns from an ACL injury in the starting pack with CSC Takihaho being named on the bench. By all reports, Sam Walker will, will be the goal kicker. Now, in terms of Newcastle, um, Kalen Ponga is the new captain and new recruit Adam 
Clune formed the new look halves uh, in the sp- in the spine. There's a new spine there with Adam Clune and Jay Clifford, uh, and and Chris Randall's the hooker to replace Jaden Braley, who's out for that's a big out for them. Um, and Kurt Mann has been named at lock. Uh, he's the new Connor Watson. He's the new Connor Watson, and he'll celebrate his 150th game. Um, Mann's move to number 13 comes as Suasa. Su- Su- uh, why do I always get this wrong? Sue, Sue sits out. Sue, ra- si- yeah, yeah, Su- yeah sits out in round one due to suspension. Daniel Saifidi is out. He's got a fracture in his left tibia. So his brother Jacob and David Clemmer make up the starting pack. Phoenix Crossland has the bench utility role, while Leo Thompson has also been named to make his debut. Dane Gagai's back for, for the Knights, and Dom Young has been named on the wing as Heimel Hunt recovers from a knee injury. Um, I think the Roosters will get this. I think the Roosters will get it, but... I you think know, the Knights will be competitive, though. I think so. I mean, Lord, you're pretty much talking about their full-strength backline now. We're young coming through his another second-year first-grade Ponga, Gagai Bass, Tuala, Clifford and Clune. I think... Um, that was a that, that was a backline that was extremely poor in attack last year. It is. I think another year, I think, will help them. I, I think having Clifford and Clune will make a difference, to be honest. Um, I think the Knights, having said that, um, we've spoken about... Um, Adam O'Brien as the coach but I think the Roosters defensively are going to be too solid like I look at the Roosters in attack and Billy Smith and Momorowski I think I, I think they're really solid and really good defensively and good players but they don't have that you know acceleration or speed in in attack for the Roosters to blow the Knights away I, I think they're, they're solid finishers they're, they're fantastic defensively and I just think the Knights won't be able to pierce the Roosters' defence, and the Roosters will just be too strong. But I don't see it being a flogging, to be honest. But I, I think you basically got both teams almost at full strength. This is a good test. I, like, I only think there's going to be one flogging this round, actually. I think I think the rest of the games are quite competitive. I think this so, will be competitive. I, I think the Knights, it'll be good. It'll be, it's a good first-up test for them to see how they match up to really one of the favourites in the comp. Roosters to win, but um, I think it'll, it'll, it'll be a decent game. But Roosters a little bit too classy. Strong side. I agree. So next game on Super Saturday, and I think this will be a good game, is the Warriors versus the Dragons at Sunshine Coast Stadium. The Warriors started the week out at $1.80 favourites, but after the teams were named, both teams are even money bets at $1.90. For the Warriors, um, oops, uh, I've gone too far ahead. For the Warriors, Sean Johnson makes his return to the Warriors lineup, partnering with your favourite person in the world, Cody Nicarima. Correct, that's um, right. Chanel Harris-Tavita will play fullback uh, because Reese Walsh is out suspended. Aiden Fanua-Blake continues on as skipper while Tohu, Hor- to- to- Tohu Harris is out with a knee injury. Bunty Afoa um, will be the other starting prop given Matt Lodge is out due to suspension. Yeah, Aaron Penne has been named on the bench to make his club debut. It might be Peen. I'm apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, young gun Viliami Vaila joins Rocco Berry to make up a new-look centre pairing. I actually think Rocco Berry's got a lot of potential. Yeah. Um, and, and new recruits, Jesse Arthurs and Ash Taylor, have been have missed out on the 17 but have been named in the extended squad. For the Dragons, um, George Burgess hasn't been named. No. Uh, neither has Tariq Sims. Correct. Yes, that's right. So Jack Bird and Jaden Sewell will start in the second row with new signing Jack Gosiewski getting a spot on the bench. Griffin has named Tyron Sloan, Amone and Cody Ramsey to feature. Cody Ramsey to feature. So it's quite a young back line. 19-year-old Amone will slot into the halves with Ramsey on the wing. Blake Laurie will start at prop with Francis Molo on the bench alongside Josh Kerr. Uh, new recruit Moses Embai slots into the utility role. Um, and while Moses Sully will join Jack, it will join Zach Lomax to form a lethal centre pairing. 
Ben Hunt returns from his broken arm and Josh Maguire will be forced to watch on the sidelines until round six to, due to a lengthy ban until, or until the NRL changes the rules. Fuu Maiano is suspended until round six and he should actually... He he needs he needs he should uh, be excommunicated yeah. right according to he you. should be a hundred percent I mean that was dog act anyway <laughs> oh, this is a tough game to call it for me it is a very hard game part of me I I like I actually like the look of both back rows so do I so do I. well I know not the back groups it's like the preseason I look I look at the team and I go Saints are a really good side I think Saints have a good I th- I'm tipping Saints because I think I'm tipping Saints too they start the seasons off well. They do, and they've got a mixture of... They've got variety in their team. They've got speed with Sloan and Ramsey, but they've got a bit of power with Sully. Lomax is skillful. Ravalawa's, you know, all power. Then you've got Amone, who's a far more dangerous player than, you know, Corey Norman was last year. And then their back row with Bird, Sua, DeBellin, a little bit of everything. Kind of dangerous fringe runners, great defenders, and someone who can do a bit of ball playing. I, I like Saints' side. For me, it'll be interesting to see what the Warriors have this year. They've got a lot of, again, players like a Berry and Nick Kareem and a Sean Johnson that have got some magic, and it'll be interesting to see how they actually play and what style of football they play. Katoa, Curran and Aitken are a pretty mobile back row. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they're, they're used well. And I like Wade Egan at hooker. I think he's a fairly good hooker, but let's see how the Warriors are going to play. They've got the magic to beat the Dragons. I don't know if they're going to use it, and I think... Saints will probably be a little bit too strong, one to one to seventeen or twenty-four or whatever it is these days. And I think Saints will pip them in a close game. I think it's still it's still seventeen. Game. A close game, but it'll be really interesting to see how both these teams start. Not start the season, but how they they look in their first real hit out. You know, because they look good on paper. Well, let's let's move on to. I'm tipping the Dragons as well. Let's move on to. Um, let's move on to the another close game, uh, which is the. The Tigers versus the Storm. Uh, the, the the Tigers are four dollars outsiders, and the Storm are a dollar twenty five favourites. Um, the Tigers have Jacob Little is missing the first four to six weeks of the season because of a knee injury. Uh, so Jake Simpkin will start, while James Tamo is also going to miss round one. Uh, he's also suspended. Gun fullback Dane Laurie is back in action after suffering a nasty ankle injury uh, at the end of last season. The outside backs are set for some change this season with English recruit Oliver Gildart joining the club and will start in the centres alongside James Roberts. With Adam, guarded, highly rated. If him, if he, and um, and and Jackson Hastings are good, they could be better than I think. But they've got to carry, particularly when. Adam Duaghi comes back, but but let's hope uh, let's hope that's the case for Tigers fans. Um, uh, and Tommy Talao is also sidelined, right? So so uh, Ken Marmolo and David Norfoluma will start on the wings. David Norfoluma apparently was ropeable that he wasn't part of the two hundred people match selected as captain. I don't think he's a very popular player at the Tigers, David Norfoluma, particularly after some of his comments blaming his teammates for defensive frailties. Uh, Given his defence on the wing, Kapoa is also sidelined. They've got they've got a lot of injuries, right? Jackson Hastings, yeah. So um, Joe Offerhengawi starts at lock. Um, Tyrone Peach is the number fourteen utility off the bench. Luke Brooks is the starting halfback. Uh, Luke Garner earns a spot on the bench, uh, and I think really that's it for the Tigers. Um, Ryan Pappenheisen's back from an ankle injury. Um, Full strength, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, Nick Meany is given is going to start. Interesting um, selection. I wouldn't have picked Nick Meany to play five eight in the opening. Well, because match. because Cam Munster's out. I know with but, suspension. Yeah, and Cooper Johns has got an injury. 
Yeah, but it's still an interesting. Like I would have thought they would have put a younger half in there or something like that. Who who they who were they going to who else were they going to play? I would have thought Jaden Nikarima would have just gone slotted straight in as a, as the five eight. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how Nick Meany, one of my favourites, goes at at five eight for the for the Storm. It's been a while since Jaden Nikarima has played. I mean, look, you look at their back line. That's a pretty strong back. King will start at locks and fellow recruit Xavier Coates, so who scored on debut against the Warriors in the trial, replaces Ado Carr. Brandon Smith is available, so because he served his one match match ban during the All Star game. Yep. So here's the hooker in place of Harry Grant. Well, yeah, he is, but I think he'll play number 13 this year. But Harry Grant's suspended, yeah, so that's that's why he's there. Um, Tyron Wishart has got the utility bench. I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes in the season proper. And Jaden Nicarima, Trent Loiero, and Nelson Asofa Solomona fill out the bench. Tua Kamika is still also suspended in that game. I mean, the, t- the Storm are going to kill him. I think the Storm will come out firing. They've got a... Okay, Nick Meany's at 5'8", but they've got a full-strength back line pretty much. That's going to be their backline they're going to ride with for the rest of the season. And they're just missing Harry Grant really in the forwards out of their forward pack. I mean, it's a loss, but they've got Brandon Smith to fill in and Big Nelson's still there on the bench. For me, this is just a... How good are the Storm going to look with some of some of their newer players? How how they're going to look? I think they'll blow them away. But also, like you said, how are Gildart and Hastings going to, you know, step up for the Tigers? And, and I know it's only the first game, but it, I, I think it's a test for the Tigers in, in this match. Are they going to get blown away, or are they going to hang in there and actually match it, but just not quite have the quality? I think that'll be a decent sign. But a lot of this for me is how the Tigers' style is how they're going to try and play, and just how some of the new recruits for Melbourne look. But I, I think Melbourne will beat them pretty easily. All right, I agree. Let's move on to the Sunday games. First up, it's the Eels versus Titans at Para Stadium. The Eels are, the Eels are basically full strength for this game. They are. Um, for, the tit- yeah, for the Titans, AJ Brimson's back to, to partner Toby Sexton in the halves. Aaron Clark is going to play hooker. That's a weak spot for them, which we covered in the preseason so, yes. pod, yep. which G will release mid-season. Correct. Like um, the NRL. I decided if it's not ready for round one, I'll release it um, mid-season. When do you think the round one pod's going to get out? Probably, if we change the rules, probably by round 13. Okay, excellent. Uh, will Smith has beaten Tanner Boyd to the utility role and will be joined on the bench by Sam Lissoni, Jamin Jaleef, and Kevin Proctor. Um, I... Isaac Liu also debuts for the club and will partner Fotoeka up front. And Jared Wallace has been named among the reserves, um, which was interesting. So he's basically been dropped, right? Yeah, pretty much. He's, yeah. he's, out, he's out of the 17. So, look, I think this will be a really close game. But I, I do think the Eels will get up. But I do think this will be a very, very close game. This is a game amongst two top eight teams from last year. Look, I think the Eels are going to win it. Um, I look at their top, like we say, their top 17, their top 17. I, I don't like... It's when, very settled. It's a very yes, settled team. Settled team. I don't like when Bryce Cartwright's left off because I think he gives the Eels something different and gives them a different look. And I think Bryce Cartwright's been fantastic for Parramatta most of the time. Um, but their back line looks quite strong. Who are you, you going to drop, though? Sean Lane was sensational in the trials. I, I guess it's what you want. You know, like a Ray Stone brings you, like, solidity, and he, he's quite a solid player. I just think they need... Oh, you mean on the bench. On you the don't bench. mean in the starting line. On the bench. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, I thought you meant the starting line. No, right, I think right, their right. starting lineups quite strong. They need, they, need, they need Ray Stone there because of the hooker. He's the utility. There you go. And I think that's what it is. But, like, I look at Paris. I, I, I'm interested to see Paris' back line, to be honest, with Simonson there and now Sean Russell. 
and Penasini in a really settled first up hit out. And you're just looking for those combos and seeing how they look. You know, Sean Russell getting space. And, you know, it's not all going to work on week one, but that's what I'd be looking for from Para. But they look like a very settled side. Reed Marnie's back, they obviously. Do. Jacob Arthur's in the 17. It's unusual to carry a half on the bench like that. It is. That's I did notice that. So it'll be interesting to see how he's used or if he's used. Nep- nepotism, nepotism is alive and well in the NRL. It is, absolutely. Um, even though we love the whole, you know, you know, playing for his dad and stuff like that, and was some emotional scenes um, last year. But I look at the Titans, and for me, it's a let's just see what they look like this year. They had flaws last yeah. year, bits of magic, bits of ridiculousness, and they're very much a similar side. Like the Brian Kelly and Patrick Herbert center combo had flaws, but sometimes would produce a bit of magic. Sammy looked like he wasn't quite fit enough last year. Corey Thompson's sensational for them. And the Brimson-Sexton-Halves combo, it'll be good to see how they play off each other and how Jaden Campbell plays now. Off that, I think Campbell's great addition, but they're forwards... Hey, 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 hey. Sorry, sorry. I'll pull you up. Centres don't pass the ball to each other. There's left and right centres. Yeah, yeah, I know that. There is no, there, there no centre combination. I just meant in the centre. You've, you've, been, you've been watching a lot of 80s football again, haven't Where's you? Where's Michael Cronin and Brett Kenny? So, yeah, I'm like you. The hooker, Aaron Clark, to me, just seemed like a big unit that was there that... But didn't really give them any any thrust out of dummy half at all. And I think the Titans need that sometimes to get on the front foot. And they really miss that. I like Liu and Fodawaka. But again, it depends on what they look like fitness-wise this year. I think they ran out of puff at times. So their team looks settled, both teams. And to me, it's just a... This is going to be a decent game. And it's just more of a hit out to see what, what the players... um What strategies and the, way, the styles of play and things like that. I think the Eels win because defensively, I think they're going to be too good. All right, let's let's move on to the last game of the round, which is which is an absolute barnstormer, a blockbuster. What a way to end round one! Um, North Queensland Cowboys versus the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs up in Townsville. Um, I believe that the did we give the odds for the Eels tight Titans no. game? The Eels are a dollar forty five, Titans are two dollars seventy five. This game is Cowboys a dollar eighty five, Bulldogs a dollar ninety five. They were even money before the teams were named, so which is interesting that the Cowboys are now favourites. Um, now, in terms of the Cowboys team, Tom Dearden has beaten Scott Drinkwater to the number six jersey, so Scott Drinkwater's dropped out of the seventeen. Yep. Jason Tomalolo's back from injury. Boom back rower, Nanai is in the second row. Um, young prop, Niami, has been named on the bench. It's just his fourth game. Tanua Brown has beaten Jordan McLean for a starting spot in the front row. And Reuben Cotter beats Jake Glanville for the utility role on the bench as well. So that's that's basically the Cowboys team. Oops, sorry. Val Holmes has been named in the centres, as has been flagged. So no that's, surprise. that's yeah, um, no surprise there. In terms of the Bulldogs, Matt Dufty, Josh Adokar, Brent Naden, Matt Burton, Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pangai Jr., Max King and Braden Burns all make their club debuts. Braden Burns has actually beaten out Aaron Shoup for the centres position. Um, and Jake, Jake Avarillo is the number seven, the There's halfback no one, no one uh, alongside Burton. Yeah, so and Jeremy Marshall King's obviously the hooker with Bailey Biondo Oto filling the utility role. Very close game, G. For mine, though, I actually think you're, I feel like your team's better on paper, but given North Queensland are good at home, it's the opening game of the season. Both coaches under pressure. I wonder if that's enough to get the Cowboys home. This is a hard one for me to pick. I agree with you. If I look at the names, I'll say where we've got a lot of experience there. There's a couple of gun names there, but. I wonder, going up to Townsville, it's going to be 30 degrees, it's humid. North Queensland's playing at home. And and you've played so badly in the trials. And we've been really bad in the trials. I think 
Aaron Shoup, who I felt like has been one of our better performers, has been dropped for Jaden Ockenbaugh, who's been relatively poor. And I can't understand that, to be honest. Um, but there's also issues around the fringe of the ruck where Tavita Pangai and Jack Hetherington, they're, they're props, essentially, in the modern game, playing on the fringes. For me, I think that's a, a weakness that the Cowboys can exploit. I just wonder if the Cowboys are going to be good enough to exploit that, if that makes sense, T. So, but they've got the hammer... Val Holmes, I think, and Hiku are a really strong center combination. And I don't think Burns and Nate are another type of players that are going to trouble them necessarily. They're good players in their own right, but I don't think they're elite to trouble them. I think um, Dearden and Townsend will be interesting to see who wins that halves battle. But the forwards, mate, Tuanoa Brown's a good player. I think the hooker's good. Hess, Tom Malolo. So there's a few players there you're looking for more. Are you taking the next step up? Like the Hesses and is Tom Malolo going to be back? Jordan McLean's a great operator on the bench. I think on paper we've got the names. I just wonder, with preseason form, if we're going to have the attack to be able to trouble the Cowboys. And if we don't, I think the Cowboys have got enough class to hold us defensively because if we don't offer much, and I think they'll have enough speed and a little bit of finishing ability to beat us. I'm probably tipping the Cowboys in a very close one. I'm going to tip the Cowboys in a close one as well. Um, Jesus, if you can't beat the Cowboys after the teams you've team you've recruited, it's early in the te- season. Look, though. it's not the first games for me. A lot of the time are not necessarily a win or lose. It's kind of what do you look like? How do you play tempo wise? No, no, no. I'm teams? I'm asking you. I'm asking you in the context of you've got a very start. You've got a very hard start. Oh, I think this is a game that we absolutely have to win to try and build some confidence up. Because I think if we lose a couple of these and then run into the buzzsaw of, you know, the Roosters and the Storm and things like that, you're, you're one from six, your confidence drops. And a lot of these players we've recruited, they're used to winning, right? The Burdens and Addo Cars and Brent Nadens and... Okay, Could maybe you, not Duffy, what a celebration if you win, though. Everyone back at Paul Vaughan's house. Correct. That's right. The uh, barbecue. I think it is important to get a couple of early wins to build that confidence because if it's not there, things I think can crater quite quickly, especially with the pressure I think that's that will right. start to come onto the Bulldogs because of the recruitment and also then the pressure on the coach. I agree. All right, well, that brings us to the close of the GNT show for this week. Round one's upon us. It's exciting. It's great. It's good to have the footy back. Um, I will. Ca- I don't land back in Australia till Friday morning, so it gives me an opportunity to catch up on the Panthers' manly game. Um, gee, thank you for joining us this week. Next week, it'll be the Dipping Bird and Tea show, where the Dipping Bird has done more preparation. The gossip. Um, the gossip so Dipping Bird. It's not gossip. It's the news. <laughs> G seem, G seems to think I'm trawling through websites and things like this. It's the Daily Telegraph and the Sydney Morning Herald. I'm still trying to catch up. Is Shaquille O'Neal and Anthony Hardaway still playing in Orlando? No, they're not. No, they're, they're not. not. They but, retired um, ten years ago, did they? Yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a better one-two punch coming up. Just okay. stick with the NBA. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll catch you next week, G. Safe trip um, back to you soon when you get back, and speak to you next week. See ya. Bye.